0: Hear ye, hear ye, all gather to hear Master Joe. From this point forward, we are going to call them Bridgewater. You so know what we okay, call 20 then. years around here? We call it Two Gruden. Nobody cares about fantasy, Shaw. Nobody. <laughs> they won the game they needed to win. Greg Williams should never step foot in an NFL locker. You good? You got it all up? It's grow and grow and grow. It's reps and reps and reps. Aha, aha, aha. I mean, just throw and throw and throw and throw. Just Terrible, terrible, terrible defense. And we don't recognize boundaries in 2021. That has to make you happy as a Buffalo fan. I'm all leave me alone. Because he's not a quarterback, so does it still count as QBA? Like, this is
1: the best.
0: They are not going to eat some W's, but they will definitely eat some L's. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Out of Bounds podcast, Out of Bounds with the Z. I'm Joe McDonald, your uh, co-host, host extraordinaire, host with the kind of mostest, Uh, I'm joined by Mr. Sean Waller tonight, as I always am. Sean, how are you doing today?
1: Well, you know, playing injured, battling through some sinus stuff here. Uh, Hopefully (laughs) it's not COVID, I don't think it is. It hasn't gotten worse, but you know, if I sound nasally, that's why.
0: That's all right, I always sound nasally, but that's that's just my voice by nature, so I would apologize, but you know, blame my parents. Sean, we have all the week 11 action. Ahead of us because we're recording this on Wednesday night, our regularly scheduled programming. But before we get to the week 11 games, we do have to finish up on the Monday night or so. Again, as we always do, we have to go back in our trusty time and go back to Monday night where the Rams and Odell Beckham Jr., who that seems to be the one getting all the attention, could not complete the comeback. When we were recording, I think it was like 21 to 3. It was not not going well for the Rams at that time. It didn't get much better as they end up losing to the 49ers 31 to 10. Just a just a another letdown game by the Rams. Sean, what was your biggest takeaway from that game? And if the words Odell, Beckham, and Jr. come out of your mouth, I'm gonna punch you in the taint.
1: Well, they yeah, they had Odell Beckham Jr. playing and they had him come out. They the first pass was to him. I think it was Lou, it was either Lewis Riddick or Brian Greasy said that. They just need him on one side, not bunched up with the other receivers, and just run like a go or an out. And because when he was bunched up, he was throwing off the other wide receivers because he didn't know the playbook all that well. Probably. No,
0: I mean, yeah, was, and, he was in the building for what forty hours, if that. I mean, just, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah,
1: so it was, it was. So that that was my biggest takeaway. It was just the Rams have been looking sloppy the last few weekends on offense, and it's just. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if playing Odell was probably the best decision.
0: I, to me, it was a, it was a poor decision. Uh, there was talks about going into the game whether Vaughn Miller was going to play, whether he was fully healthy. He was active. Odell Beckham Jr., like you said, that deal came in after the Miller deal. Both guys are coming off injuries or, or dealing with injuries, I should say. Both guys are new to the system. Now, Von Miller, if you just say, hey, go rush the passer, that's a little bit different. We saw the play where he got just annihilated by George Kittle. Well, I mean, George Kittle's a lot younger and a lot healthier at this point than Von Miller. I still think that teams are using Odell wrong. I, I think I, I said before, I see him as more an intermediate guy now with the injuries and stuff until he can get fully healthy and shows what he can do. I mean, when you're throwing the ball 45 yards down the field, to Odell Beckham Jr. in double coverage, even if he's healthy, I'm not sure that's the smartest thing in the world to do. So, again, I, on that this is bad for the rams the rams deal the the reason they made the super bowl a few years ago is because they were efficient on offense and they were getting turnovers on defense two things that they have really lacked the last couple of games for them to me the biggest deal is you're not getting the strip sacks you're not getting the turnovers at rates and scoring off them And your offense with Stafford, while Stafford was like the first, you could argue the first half of the season MVP, or at least in the MVP race, he's really regressing. And I don't know if it's the play calling of McVay. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I know Van Jefferson's been dropping balls. I know Robert Woods is out now. We didn't talk about that with Beckham. Robert Woods is out for the year. So Beckham goes from, as a lot of people have said, from a luxury to a necessity. They have basically no running game. I mean, they're... Whether they're not trying or they're just not executing, it's it's not good. So, LA, you know, riding high, and now all of a sudden they're they're not coming down to the pack. They're they're
1: trailing. Yeah, they're absolutely. And having the bye week this week is really going to help them because that's going to you're going to get Odell in the playbook, Von Miller in the playbook, and healthy. And you're right. San Francisco did a really good job of keeping Jimmy Garoppolo clean and using their running game to just gash holes in the Rams all night long.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: just they had Von Miller and Aaron Donald just huffing gas there. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I, again, I'm not high on Jimmy Garoppolo, but if you tell me that
0: my quarterback only has to throw the ball 19 times and he completes the ball 15 of those,
1: I'll sign up for that because I'm assuming it's a win because we're running the ball really well. Which, Did I mean, you see yards? his record? Did you see because you were on this a few weeks ago saying that he has a really good record as a starter for the Niners? He's twenty five and twelve. Yeah, that's a sixty seven percent winning average, and it's yeah. no twenty six and twelve now. Yeah, twenty six like, really 12. good. Yeah, no shit.
0: Like again, he doesn't have to be the greatest, and he's more than a game manager, like a Trent Dilfer or a Brad Johnson, who are two quarterbacks we talk about getting Super Bowl wins. Those guys were carried along by defenses that were, you know, great all time epic defenses. They didn't play 48 games as a starter or 38 games or whatever it was. They didn't have the opportunity to do that. They were one or two year guys who lucked into that situation. Jimmy Garoppolo, for all his faults and all the things that he's not and all this, the guy wins games. Again, like, is he going to make every spectacular play? No. But if you ask fans who's a better quarterback, Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo? Probably a lot of people are going to say Kirk Cousins because of his arm talent, because of the things he does. Now go look at their win-loss records. It is a hard difference between those two quarterbacks. And if you tell me that you're all about winning, then one of those quarterbacks is the guy you want. <laughs> that is different. It is. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that Minnesota offense with with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm?
1: Does Jimmy have the arm strength that Justin Jefferson wants?
0: Okay, so you throw the ball 8 yards shorter but at least it's on target.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's efficient. <laughs> Dalvin Cook would love it. Dalvin Cook would absolutely love it because you're not going to have to you're not going to throw it 40 times because you can't throw it 40 times with a Garoppolo. Like exactly. what, in the the playoffs last year, you went through a game with under 10 attempts. It was ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I mean, they won the NFC Championship game against Green Bay. I think he threw the ball nine times. It's it's just it's insane. All right, Sean, we have talked way too much about a game that neither one of our teams were in. So let's get to some games where our teams in fact are playing. The Week Eleven slate coming up. Again, we're recording this Wednesday night. Thursday night football, my favorite team, the New England Patriots, are traveling to the Atlanta Falcons. Of course, we know this is a a rematch from a Super Bowl. I think something kind of big happened in that game. I'm not sure. People don't want to talk about it. I'm not sure. Uh, We'll get right into the Sunday games. Indianapolis at Buffalo. Again, your team right there starting off the the weekend schedule. Interesting game. Baltimore at Chicago. Uh, A big matchup. chicago had the bye week after that close call against Pittsburgh where the league came out and said there were five things that they missed. There were five penalties that went against Chicago that were called wrong. Yikes, that's not good. Uh, Next, we have Detroit at Cleveland. Both these teams coming off just humiliating non-wins, I guess, is
1: the best way to
0: say (laughs) it. Uh, Houston at Tennessee, a division game. Of course, Tennessee number one in the AFC.
1: We We have another division
0: game. What's that?
1: The Oilers Bowl. The Oilers.
0: Yeah, there you go. The Oilers Bowl. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, then we have Green Bay of Minnesota, matchup of the NFC North. Minnesota getting a little bit of good news as safety Harrison Smith came off the reserve COVID list and cornerback uh, Patrick Peterson has been designated for return. And he, in fact, did return to practice. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he'll play, but some good news for, for Minnesota on that part. A uh, little bit of news about Detroit. Jared Goff. Is day to day and did not practice today. Tim Boyle took the first team reps for Lions at practice. So mark that on your 2021 quarterback bingo card, Tim Boyle. So something to keep in mind with that game against Cleveland. Uh, next, we have Miami at the Jets. Of course, the big news coming into this game is Joe Flacco is starting for the New York Jets. Um, Robert Sala said that Zach Wilson is not 100% healthy and that with Miami's blitzing and complicated defense, that this is a reason you bring in a guy like Joe Flacco because he's a veteran
1: and he's been around. So do the DBs for Miami just practice not getting PTIs or PIs? I mean? <laughs> PIs, yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, um, <laughs> so it's like every PI in practice is wind sprints.
0: Yeah, right? Hey, hey, you, safety, go 45 yards down the field. No, no, we don't care. 45 yards down the field and just watch for the deep ball. That's what you got to do. Uh, next, we have New Orleans at Philadelphia. Uh, I, again, just some, some interesting matchups. I'm interested to hear what your three games are. Uh, next, we have Washington at Carolina. Of course, we talked about on the, the review pod, Kim Newton is in line to get the start for this game. Uh, P.J. Walker did start the last game, despite what all the highlights showed you, and actually had a pretty decent game. But Matt Rule said that Cam Newton is the guy and and they're working towards making him the starter for this game, which, of course, will be Newton versus Rivera. Uh, Rivera has some comments today that could be misconstrued as not all that supportive, but neither here nor there. Uh, We just talked about San Francisco. San Francisco traveling to Jacksonville. That might be on my list later. Uh, (laughs) Then we have Cincinnati at Las Vegas, two teams trending in the wrong direction who were Just a few weeks ago, leading their divisions, flying high, and now just fighting for table scraps. That's about all they're doing. Uh, After that, we have Dallas at Kansas City. I think that game can speak for itself. I'm sure that'll be on at least one of our lists. Uh, And then we have Arizona at Seattle. Again, Kyler Murray looks like he's probably going to come back. You know, they, they went one and one without him. Again, a division rival, Seattle. Russell Wilson coming off that horrific – just the Seahawks in general coming off that horrific loss to Green Bay. We have Pittsburgh at the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger is still questionable for this game. If he can have two negative tests in 24 hours and also be non-symptomatic, again, we talked about the reason he missed that game was because he had uh, symptoms with COVID. Uh, He is vaccinated, according to all reports. He didn't miss the 10 days like Rodgers did but he is suffering from symptoms. So he, has, he wants, wants to and has to be symptom-free, and then the two negative tests. So we won't know if he's playing until probably game day or at least Saturday night. And Monday night football ends with the New York Giants at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This isn't really a rematch other than the franchise that, that beat Tom Brady in two Super Bowls, going and facing Tom Brady. Uh, the bye teams this week are Denver and the Rams. Seems like the Rams are getting it at just the right time. And Denver, probably also just about the right time.
1: <laughs> they could have used it any time this season.
0: <laughs> just insert bye here. That's what it says.
1: But Sean, there's
0: a lot of interesting games, a lot of sure. fun matchups. I think there's some obvious games that people are going to want to watch, but I want to start with you. Give me one of your three games that you're most interested to watch and why? Again, it could be for any reason, fantasy purposes, spite purposes, a certain player, a certain matchup. What is your first game?
1: It's Indianapolis at Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's got to win this game to keep the upward momentum. New England's nipping at the heels and I feel like New England's going to win tomorrow night. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought it was Thursday today. So I was like scrambling at like quarter after 8 to make sure I got the game on
0: and then I'm like oh yeah
1: it's Wednesday. <laughs> and it's like Lakers at uh somebody. I'm like the Bucks, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like pass. <laughs> I don't really want to watch Westbrook. But it yeah, Indianapolis like Carson Wentz, John they have to stop Jonathan Taylor. The Buffalo mm-hmm. defense has to stop Jonathan Taylor. They cannot let Jonathan Taylor do what Derrick Henry did to them. They absolutely have to stop him. I think they'll be fine on the pass side. If Carson Wentz does Carson Wentz things, Buffalo will be able to take advantage of that. But, you know, Dari- they got to keep Darius Leonard out of the backfield. It was funny because we talked last week about the Tampa Bay offensive line being set up for pass pass rushes and pass protection. Mm -hmm. And I've heard some people talk about Buffalo is set up for pass protection and not running. That's that's why their run game isn't as good. And it's a lot of short screens and different things like that. But I think they had something good last week when they brought Brita activated Mm -hmm. Brita. So they had Moss Brita and Singletary. So you get the triple head action. So I think that'll help. And Gabriel, has to get rid of some of his drops. He makes some great catches, but he drops some balls.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to pick this game, but I knew you would, so I didn't want to double up. We've been doing that a lot lately. The only thing I'll say with that is you're right. Rita kind of brings a, a little bit of a skill set to the Buffalo backfield that they don't have with those other guys. He is more of a seasoned veteran. We've seen him be successful out in San Francisco especially. I do like what he brings. Again, I think Buffalo right now, what they're looking for is consistency on offense. And against a team like Indianapolis, you need that because Taylor can really drain your defense. They can really put a hurting on them and make them tired. And, and then, once for all his faults, they can make the big plays. They can get open down the field. So, yeah, I'm interested in the Buffalo defense in that game. Absolutely. Just because what kind of game plan is Indy going to come in with? And also, another thing. Fair or unfair, Indies, a dome team. Buffalo this Sunday, I have no idea what the weather's gonna be like, but it I know it could be anything from fifty degrees and sunny to zero and a ton of snow. So yeah, a guy like Taylor played at Wisconsin. He can play in the cold, Wentz played in Philadelphia, but the team as a whole, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So I like that as your first game. Uh my first game is Green Bay at Minnesota. Again, Green Bay right now uh, looks like the team to beat in the NFC. The defense has played just absolutely mind-blowing uh, this season. I think when you look at some of the numbers, people really underestimate. They're missing Jair Alexander right now. Uh, when you think of that, Jair's out. Jair Alexander is considered one of the top corners in football, and they're doing this without him. They're going to get him back soon. So this is one of those games that's at Minnesota. We've seen some some wild finishes in the NFC North before with with Rodgers and stuff. Again, Minnesota's a half a game back from the seventh spot They're four and five. Can that offense make the the Packers' defense struggle a little bit? Can Dalvin Cook run the ball? Can Justin Jefferson? Can Adam Thielen? Can those guys get open? Again, with Harrison Smith coming back, you have a little bit of help on offense. The Packers' offense didn't look great. We we know – AJ Dolan's gonna have to carry the load. Minnesota defense at times has played pretty well. So this game, I know my Minnesota love is coming out, but I really do think it's an interesting game just from all kinds of angles. So this is one of the games I'm really interested in. Any thoughts on that, Sean?
1: No, it's my Todd Packer game. So that's about all I have to say about it. Ouch! I know why, but still that hurts. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers is permanently on my Todd Packer. No, you just now you just gave away the last segment. Really? You're gonna give away the last segment. You're not even two games in come on
0: Sean it's fine all right. I just, you don't care <laughs> I don't care all right give me your <laughs> give me your second game what's the second game you're most interested
1: in Detroit at Cleveland actually it's <laughs> it, some people would probably pick this for the Todd Packer but I think this is an important game for the Cleveland Browns very mm-hmm. important Detroit has kept some teams close they've you know they got a tie last week. They've come oh so close to winning Cleveland got their asses handed to them last weekend. And you know, they they need to turn around. Baker's still not healthy and still playing. And it's like, okay, I don't, I don't know what you're doing, Stefanski, but sure, like put Case Keatum in. That's <laughs> that's what you have to do. And they don't have the running backs, like they just don't have their running, their healthy running back core to be able to play Detroit. So I think, I think this is a game where – I think Detroit beats Cleveland. I'm, I'm calling it. This is your, my Washington beats Pittsburgh. This, Pittsburgh, I think this, is, Detroit, your, this is your this thing? Is, okay.
0: It's I not, like it's not as
1: big, but yeah. I think Detroit getting the win, people yeah. aren't going to think about that. No, you're right. I, believe it or not, it
0: was actually almost one of my games for a lot of the very similar reasons. Cleveland right now seems to be just a spiraling team Defensively, you know, they had a great game against Cincinnati and they had a game where they just got pushed around by New England. Detroit, like you said, is trending in the right direction. They're putting things together a little bit. Again, the golf injury, let's see what happens. Maybe he just misses practice and then everything's fine. Detroit's running the ball. We saw Swift, 33 carries in the Pittsburgh game. That makes a difference. So I'm not sure if Detroit wins the game, but if this is like a one score game in the fourth, am I going to be surprised? No. Not really. Like, I'm really not. So that's a good one. I like that. Uh, my second game is Cincinnati at Las Vegas. This is the classic uh, wrestling term, loser leaves town match. This is one of those, you know, Cincinnati and Vegas both, again, we talked about it, both riding high just a few weeks ago. You, you could argue two of the top three teams in the AFC, and now they are just struggling. Cincinnati really needs to find themselves what they were doing early in the season, offensively and defensively. Las Vegas, I mean, this might just be the end. This might be the swoon that we all expected when Gruden was the coach. This might be the swoon that we expected when Gruden was fired, when Ruggs was cut, when all this stuff happened. It's one of those, was it? Is it the chicken or the egg? Are the Raiders failing because of Gruden, or are they failing because they're the Raiders? Like, we really don't know the answer, is it team building is Mayock out the door because you whiffed on two first round picks just last year. Um, you know, high price veterans last year, they get cut in the off season and traded away. I mean, like this team just seems in such shambles, but they're still in the playoffs. So like, that's why I'm like, this is a loser leaves town match. These are two teams that had, I think, middling expectations coming into the season. They over, uh, produced early on in the season with those expectations and now they're coming back to where I think a lot of people thought they were so one of these teams has a chance to kind of cling on a little bit longer what do you think of that Sean
1: oh absolutely loser leaves town is the best way to put it you know the the winner you got to win this game to survive and keep up if you lose you're out I think do you know who the chaplain is for the, the Vegas Raiders
0: oh god uh, I really don't.
1: I learned it today randomly. Like I, I can't, I don't even know why I was on this Wikipedia page. Randall Cunningham. <laughs> Randall Cunningham. He's a born again Christian. He became an ordained minister. He is the chaplain for the Las Vegas Raiders because he lives in Vegas. He went to UNLV mm-hmm. and he coached his son at a school in Vegas and stuff like that. Like his daughter went to the Olympics this past. Oh no. Yeah, 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 yeah. He,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: but like he's the chaplain for the team because their chaplain stayed back in Oakland when they moved to Vegas, their old one.
0: Wow, I I, listen, you could have given me four million guesses, and I'm not sure I would have guessed Randall Cunningham.
1: I know, I know. I was just like, it was like, oh, and he he became the minister, the chaplain for the Vegas Raiders. I was like, I'm sorry, what?
0: (laughs) That is definitely a random fact. Uh, all right, let's get your third game. Your third game that you're most interested in watching and why.
1: It's Washington at Carolina. Just for the fact that I, I – Carolina, if the, if they have any hope of staying alive in that division mm-hmm. and going through, they need to win this game. I, I was high on Sam Darnold at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I've got some – I've got some stocks to sell if you want to buy. <laughs> Very cheap.
0: Listen – Listen, my Cam Newton stock was at zero, and Sam Darnold was climbing high. I hung up. I hang up now when you call. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Nope, I don't want to talk. I'm done. I'm good. I've got my oh, stock. Yeah, man.
1: Man, so so rough, so rough. Such a turn of events. Me laughing at you about the Cam Newton stock, and now it could just be just skyrocketing by the end of the year, depending on what he does. Like he might come yeah. back with a vengeance. Yeah, if he well, it's if not he really be zero. wants to put it. Yeah, and apparently if. If Ron Rivera's taking some shots, like Mm -hmm. Cam Newton, you know, he he leaves it all in the field, man.
0: He does. Now, you know what? That was probably going to be my third game. But, again, I I like to kind of switch up and and see where we're going. I'll go with the obvious one, Dallas and Kansas City. Because right now these two teams are in positions, not perfectly, in the opposite way of what they were last year. Kansas City looked like a juggernaut on offense. Their defense was middle of the pack. Dallas was now, granted, Kansas City now has worked their way back to six and four, but an underachieving team, I think we can all agree up to this point, the way they've looked. Now, last year, Dak Prescott was hurt. Patrick Mahomes, for all intents and purposes, isn't hurt. It's just the way they've looked. This game will come out with more narratives pre-game, during the game, and post-game than any game outside the Super Bowl this season. More people are going to have takes, thoughts, uh, definitives, everything after this game. Dallas is going to the Super Bowl. Kansas City is back. Dallas is a bunch of frauds. Kansas City is washed. Like it, it, all over the spectrum is what this game is going to be, no matter how it goes. What I'm most interested in from both teams isn't the offenses, and it's not even the defenses. It's the coaching adjustments, because I think at times Andy Reid struggles. When a defense takes something away from him on offense, or you know, if the de- uh, if the defense is getting susceptible in some ways, you know, they're giving up certain types of plays. I want to see what Andy Reid does to adjust that if that happens. We all know my thoughts on Mike McCarthy and his adjustments in game. But if Kansas City's defense rises to the occasion at home, if they start to stop Dallas, what can they do? Because I'm not sure that this is a Dak game that you want to drop them back 45 times. I, again, I just – I don't think that's – in the flow of the game, that's fine. But I just don't see that being the way to sustain success. Do you – I mean, what are
1: your what are your thoughts on this game? Does Fox show an absolutely inappropriate graphic about this game? Cowboys verse? <laughs> so, ba- like, that's – I don't know. I just think Dallas – this is a big game for Dallas. They need to they need to win this game because this could they can start sliding after this. Like if Kansas City puts a beat down on them, then they're like they may free fall because Mike McCarthy's not the coach to bring them out of a free fall. Let Let me
0: ask you this. Right now, Dallas tied with the most loss fewest losses in the NFC in the NFL too. Kansas City six and four. Pops in their division, working their way back from, you know, being buried alive. Which team is this more important for? What, what, which team needs this game the most? Dallas. Because of okay. how bad
1: they've played recently. Like Kansas City has been to this last two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're on the way up. Dallas was in the division last year that had a losing record make the playoffs everybody was talking about that division having a losing record make the playoffs again so everybody had poured dirt on that division before the season even started so dallas being seven and two mm-hmm. is is surprising for a lot of people i think including cowboys fans
0: like yeah, my cousin yeah. this
1: is just gravy for my cousin who's a cowboys fan like mm-hmm. he's just loving it all yeah and it's And it's because of Dak. Like, I didn't like what I was hearing out of training camp with the injuries and different things like that. We talked about it. Like I would have picked them to be better than than what I thought they would be if I knew Dak was healthy. I didn't, but not this good. Like, I'm Mm going to straight up say I never thought they'd be this good. I'd probably say the records would be flipped going into this game.
0: No, that that right there is, is a perfect example. And if you would have told me that Dallas was 7-2, uh, and two, I would have said that Zeke Elliott was having a career year. He was back to old Zeke. I would not have guessed that Dak Prescott, with everything that happened in the preseason and stuff, was going to be the the guy. You know? So, no, that's it. Uh, we already know your Todd Packer game of the week because, you know, you're a fucking asshole and spilt it already.
1: So... Oh. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is a so those, fucking asshole and spills into all <laughs> over
0: the place. So, for those, for those who didn't catch it, it was Green Bay at Minnesota for the reason that Sean said, because a certain quarterback is the quarterback of that game. Uh, my Todd Packer game of the week, uh, I hate to do this to my division. It's Miami at the Jets. Uh, Miami, despite winning that game against Baltimore, again, they're, they're so tops and turvy. I mean, Tua, is he going to have a good game? Is he going to have a bad game? Is he going to start? Is he going to stay healthy? The Jets, I mean, the Jets are the Jets. Joe Flacco started the game. So, literally, we could see four interceptions or we could see 398 yards. We really yeah. could see either. And I'm not sure there's an in-between on this. Do you?
1: No, this is the absolute biggest stay away gambling, watching, oh, ever. God, like, yeah. you, like, if anybody who gambles on this is an absolute degenerate. Like, I, I, I have I, no <laughs> idea what's going to happen. Like, it could be 45-40, could be 9-6. Like, I,
0: hey, that score sounds familiar. You must yeah. know about that. Uh, I I, sure. I won my I won my first bet last week. Uh, I bet that the Patriots would win outright, and I would I bet that Washington would cover um, a little two team parlay, and I won like twenty bucks, which was like a great feeling. But hey, I won twenty bucks. I'm not even dumb enough to bet this game. Like, there's no, I I would not bet one dollar on this game. <laughs> okay,
1: well, I think it was a pick'em on that other show. I'm trying to think.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, it's, I know it's the Miami by 3.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah, it gives it's me shiver to even talk about. Uh, <laughs> Sean is there we have one little thing we want to get to here at the end, but is there anything else about these games that that you want to want to say or want to talk about?
1: No, it's uh I'm interested to see what happens with Kyler if he comes mm-hmm. back cuz this is the absolute right time to to take advantage of Seattle. Okay. Um yeah. he's he's, Russell Wilson's not looking good. So Chandler Jones, if he wants to turn around and start making some money, this is the game to do it.
0: Yeah. Hello, Dwayne Brown. I like to say goodbye (laughs) as I run by you and kill Russell Wilson. No, you're right. That was a game. I I'm interested in Kyler coming back. I'm interested in Hopkins coming back, but the game itself wasn't really worthy of of one of my three, but you're right. I mean, there's a lot of interesting storylines in these games. But those are the ones that we really counted. It was nice to know that we picked six different games, though. That's a change. Last time, we picked almost all the same. The last thing we want to cover right here is, again, we've talked about COVID lots. I'm still suffering from it. Sean's family is currently suffering from it. Um, You know, we're all thinking of you and stuff. Tom Palacero, the reporter, uh, reported earlier today. It said, with COVID cases rising nationwide, the NFL is implementing heightened protocols around Thanksgiving, including mandatory masking and testing all players and staff twice after the holiday and encouraging clubs to offer testing for visiting friends and family for sources, which that in and of itself is a great thing with the, with the tests more readily available than they were last year. Clubs should absolutely say, Hey, you get people in, come on, we'll, we'll test them. We're good. We're good. Um, The mask mandate applies indoors and runs from Thanksgiving, which is November 25th through December 1st for all players and staff, regardless of vaccination status. That is a very important point. All players and staff will be tested the Monday and Wednesday after the holiday. The NFL announced the changes in a memo Tuesday to clubs who were also reminded they should enforce off field restrictions on unvaccinated players and violations, quote, may result in discipline against the club if it is found that the club has failed to enforce these protocols. Uh, Last part here, the memo notes the NFL has been periodically reviewing surveillance video for in-facility violations. In addition, effective on or before November 29th, all clubs will be required to have video camera surveillance of their weight room and cafeteria areas available for review. So, we don't want to go super long on this. I know you have some thoughts on this, Sean, so please take the floor.
1: So it's, you know, I think they should have been doing a lot of the masking and everything during the season anyways, indoors especially. Like right now, at the bottom of the ESPN article, it says that they're doing this voluntary. They're trying to do a study of COVID-19 antibodies in vaccinated players to see if it's actually going down which is one of the things that they said with getting the vaccine out as fast as the world did it wouldn't be like 100 effective and last forever there would be the need for boosters so they're basically right now you've got the boot the covid vaccine came out what six months ago seven months ago eight months ago oh yeah well uh
0: No, well, well the vaccine started to come out before 2020. So almost a year ago.
1: Almost a year ago. So a lot of those, the effectiveness has gone down. Mm -hmm. And you're going into flu season. Everybody's staying more indoors because it's cold. Mm -hmm. Different things like that. So especially up north, like it was snowed in Edmonton. The Mexico soccer team played Canada in Edmonton on like a field of snow.
0: I saw. I saw. I saw highlights
1: of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's the only reason we won. <laughs> <laughs> Using our field Hopeful to our advantage. advantage. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, absolutely, they should be doing this. I, you know, it, the unfortunate thing is, the minute the holidays are over, they're going to get rid of all of this stuff. So it's going to be like cool. um It could still get worse. So I, I think they should extend it, especially if the studies come out showing that effectiveness of the, without mm. the booster has waned on antibodies. And that's, it's just, yeah, uh, I think it's, they're just doing it for the money. So whatever.
0: that I mean, okay, that's fine. The bottom line, you have to have money to make the lead, the league, you know, churn. I will say this. I was glad that they did not excuse vaccinated players. I'm glad that mm-hmm. this is an all encompassing all staff, all players, all family members, all visitors. You want tested, we'll test you, no problem, no issue. Uh, a lot of the stadiums uh, stepped up in the offseason as vaccination centers and stuff, so that that was a great thing too for families, things of that sort. Again, it's really easy to look at the league with a side eye and a, a, you know, a rolling of the eyes and being like, oh, yeah, you care now. They could not be doing anything. Um, this is something that they're going to try and get through the holiday season because this is also a precursor for Christmas, and then the playoffs, fewer teams in the playoffs, people come in out of town from the playoffs. Oh, you know, okay, do this, that this is kind of like a trial run on what you're going to do around the holiday season, because Christmas, again, it's just right around the corner after Thanksgiving. So if you can get this done, like you said, some of these I would like to have seen implemented earlier. Uh, the players association actually talked about, I can't remember if we talked about it or not, where a few months ago they wanted even vaccinated players to be tested more frequently. And it's like, yeah, This helps prevent outbreaks and things of this sort. You still have the mitigation and, you know, distance and all this. The most interesting part for me was basically how they threw Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay a little bit of shade without throwing them shade, where they said that they are randomly looking at uh, video from inside, you know, the stadium and things of that sort. And also telling all clubs, you better have your weight room and cafeteria video ready so we can look at it. So this really what they're doing is they're telling the teams, listen, we know we let Rodgers and them do what they wanted. We cannot let that happen again. Get your ducks in a row. Get your shit in gear. And if we got to come tell you, it's like when a teacher tells you that you're going to have a pop quiz on Friday, and then you fail the pop quiz on Friday, and the teacher looks at you and says, are you stupid? I told you there was a pop quiz on Friday. Like, we're telling you, we're going to review the tape. We want all the tape. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. If a team gets busted, triple the fine. Just just out of pure stupidity. Yeah,
1: that's the that's the lack of intelligence tax.
0: Yes, that's right. Yes, <laughs> they got to pay the troll toll. They were trying to be trolls. They were trying to, oh, we can do what we want. Blah, 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 blah. Nope, you got to pay the troll toll. That's what it'll be.
1: Yeah, so I wonder, will players that have tested positive within 90 days won't be tested, though? No, because it-
0: a, a player like Aaron Rodgers – will not have to be tested within those 90 days. Now, the only thing that I can guess is if this is a new memo and mandate, they might change that. But if he well, tests...
1: The reason that they have that rule in place is actually that you can test positive within 90 days after because of the antibodies because that of the you antibodies, from yes. fighting off the the virus. So Mm -hmm. that's where I'm like, okay, now I understand, better understand, like actually looked into it. And it's like, okay, I understand why they don't test within nine days, but if you like, that could screw up if they actually change it.
0: Yeah. And and again, I think that's why they have it on Mondays and Wednesdays and not back to back days because they'll test on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then of course they test game day too, you know, Mm -hmm. or the night before and things of that sort. So again, if they have the tests, if the tests are readily available and the turnaround is so fast that they can check it, I'm all for this. This is one time I will absolutely salute league in trying to do the right thing and trying to keep the games on schedule and trying to keep people safe. I like to think that keeping people safe is a little bit higher than keeping the games going, but not by much.
1: Keeping people safe makes more money for them. So it's like the same. It's like the same if, sometimes less. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) potatoes. The people paying, they want safe. The people they're paying. Yeah, eh. we'll
0: see. Uh, Sean, if that's it, that, that's our episode. That's our preview episode. So I'm Joe McDonald. That's Sean Lawler. This is the Out of Bounds podcast, Out of Bounds of the Z. Don't forget to come check us out on all your favorite streaming platforms. Go check out Sean and Trey and Marcus on Charity Stripe Commentary, where they're breaking down the NBA season. The Lakers suck. The Pacers are breaking my heart. Uh, other than that, I don't care. Trey's Bulls, we don't want to talk about it. Marcus is Heat. we don't want to talk about it. The Raptors, we don't want to talk about it. Uh, go, go listen to Brendan and Lewis on a Ginger's Tailgate podcast. Uh, I hope you guys haven't been betting with them because you probably lose your shirt, your pants, your jacket, your shoes, your underwear, and maybe even Grandma's antiques. Uh, it's been rough lately, but the guys are coming back strong. Uh, got some big games coming up. They just released their their uh, review of the week, and not gonna lie, they weren't in the best of moods. So <laughs> we'll catch them later on in the week. Sean, have a wonderful evening. Take it easy, everybody. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Yeah. Peace. Let's hit all the games. We'll talk about Monday night and then into the games. And I figure we could finish up with the Python protocols around Thanksgiving. And then that'll be that. How's that sound? Unless there's something else you can think of. Nope, sounds good. What was the final score Monday? Was it 31 to 14?
1: To 10. 31 to 10. <laughs> okay. okay. Alright.
0: That's all I, c- I just couldn't remember. Alright, whenever you're ready, sir, so we'll get this shindig on the road.
1: Ready?